Yes. Hey everybody, welcome back to Wicked Garden Podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and on the show tonight is with me, Witness G. Hey, G. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm all right. You sure about that? No, I just watched the Eagles lose before. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm okay. trying to be all right. Yeah, that's okay. They didn't force a punt all day, you know, <sighs> but hey, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah, I, I've... Had my own interesting experience with sports this week too. I just said to my buddy, I said, I, I, I think I'm giving up sports. I don't think I'm meant to <laughs> to go to sporting yeah, events. Maybe, maybe you talk about that uh, after we talk about the paranormal stuff. Man. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what? I'll talk about it on the next show. But you know, when you get in uh, almost physical altercation, altercation with an outfielder from the Pirates, it's a uh, Pretty crazy. But. <laughs> it's a good story. It's a good story, man. <laughs> On tonight's show, we're going to talk about a couple of cases, um, true crime cases that are in the news, but they have like a paranormal tint to them a little bit. Going to talk tonight about the Garish Chung disappearance out in Yosemite, out in Mariposa County, California. It's a really bizarre case. Uh, and then we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, the stuff that's going on with the Netflix special for the Watts family, the American murder uh, special on Netflix. A lot of people are saying they see a ghost on there, and we're going to talk about it because there are some other paranormal aspects to, to it. But uh, let's get right into the Garish Chung um, disappearance because this is a really bizarre one. So back in August of this month, um, a family, a uh, gentleman by the name of John Garish, who is a British national here in the country, he's a software engineer, and he's in his 40s. Uh, he had actually worked for Google for some time, but now he's working for Snapchat. Uh, he and his wife, Ellen Chung, she was in her 30s, and she is a yoga instructor. Uh, their daughter, Miju, who is uh, one years old, uh, and then also their dog, Oski, were all found dead on a trail in Yosemite National, National Park. And um, like I was saying, John and Ellen moved to Mariposa. Um, they actually moved there from San Francisco. So it was a 160 mile move for them. And they did it during the pandemic. They just wanted to get out of the city. They also wanted to raise their family out more of a, you know, rural area. Uh, so they picked Mariposa. It was near Yosemite. Um, they're big hikers, big outdoors. People, uh, love that kind of stuff. So they wanted to raise Miju in a more relaxed environment than, you know, downtown San Francisco. Um, so he had worked for Google and he took the job with Snapchat and Snapchat was letting him work remotely. So they moved to Mariposa. 
Um, one of the other things they did when they moved there is they actually bought up about seven properties and they were Airbnb and a, a ton of properties. And I think that uh, gets into a point that I'll bring up a little bit later, especially when you're talking about Mariposa County. But uh, so it was back on August 17th that they were found dead. And what happened was um, it was on a Monday. Uh, John had been searching He'd been using Gaia too, Jay. Um, I use Gaia a lot. I don't know. Gaia is a little creepy to me. So what Gaia is, it's yeah. an app. Yeah. I, I don't know. Have you used it when you went hiking? No, I usually use all trails. Okay. I'm aware of it. Yeah. So I like Gaia, but I think it's a little bit better than all trails only because it's a little bit more interactive, but it's kind of creepy that other people can see it's almost like ways, like when you're on the road and you're using ways and you can see other wazers. Uh, it's a little bit like that. So, you know, we, when you're using Gaia and you're in a certain area, you can see where other hikers are that are using the same app. Um, and to me, I don't know, that's a little bit creepy, but he had been looking up. It is, it is creepy. Yeah. It is creepy. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I get the ways thing. Um, I don't exactly know why you have to know that there's other ways or ways users around you. I don't, you know, I don't get what that is. I guess it's just reinforcing the brand and how wonderful the app is. But um, when I'm in the middle of the woods, I don't want anybody knowing where I am. It's kind of why I went to the middle of the woods. Yeah. <laughs> so no, that makes sense. Yeah. So they, they look back at the history of his phone and they figured out that on Friday he was looking up some trails um, and he may even be, have been conversing with somebody on there about the trails who knows. Um, so they had went hiking on Saturday, took off and went hiking on Saturday. Uh, it was extremely hot. Uh, the temperatures are ranging somewhere between one Oh three and one, 109 degrees. Um, yep. but it's a dry heat, right? So it's not bad. It's a dry heat. I love when people say that it's the biggest bullshit story yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah. So they were out there 103 to 109. They got this dog and the dog is, um, it's like a child dog. So it has a little bit of an extra, extra hair on it too. Uh, they were found 1.5 miles from their car, the location of their car down a trail in an area called Devil's Gulch. So once again, we see these areas that have the name Devil in them have some kind of crazy thing go on, right? But, the reason, yes, the whole missing four one one devils in the details situation. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit like about those areas. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to talk a little bit about his because this is a hot spot area for him too in his writings. I want to talk a little bit about that at the end. Um, but basically, this Devil's Gulch is named that because it's very steep. Uh, down at the bottom is the Merced River. There's actually a swimming hole right where these guys were found too. Um, but this is the way they were found, and this is super creepy. Um, John was sitting up on the trail. So he was in a seated position on the trail sitting up. It's not clear whether he was leaning back against anything or anything along those lines, but he's seated sitting up in the air. Thought that yeah, was I little... heard a report that he was sitting Indian style, not leaned up against anything. Like they found him seated. Okay. Like literally in the middle of the trail. I was wondering Indian about style. that. Yeah, that, that's bizarre. So he was sitting, it is. he's sitting Indian style in the middle of this trail. Um, to his left was the daughter, Miju, who was in one of those little papooses that you put on your back to carry a baby. But she was in the papoose, still in it, but it was on the ground and she was dead. The dog, Oski, was next to him on his right and the dog was dead, was laying on its side and it was dead. 
And the most bizarre thing is that Mother Ellen was, you know, anywhere from 75 to 100 yards away. And they found her crawling up a hill. And she also yeah, was further the, up trail. Yeah. And she was also the only one that had a cell phone with her. She, she actually had the cell phone that they had with them. She had the phone on her and was 75 yards farther. A lot of people think that maybe what she was trying to do was go up a hill to try to get some cell service because this area is notorious for poor cell service. So they find these people. Um, there's virtually no clue as to what happened to them. There's no wounds. There's no gunshots. There's no knife stabbings. Um, they don't appear to be beaten. Um, there's no bruises, uh, nothing. There's no vomit around them, you know, or anything along those lines. And maybe they were poisoned or anything. It's a complete and utter mystery. And these people are in very good shape. John was in really good shape. Top notch. They did a lot of hiking. She's a yoga instructor. Like you said, the wife's a yoga instructor. Yep. And the baby was just a one-year-old baby. And the dog was in good shape too. The dog wasn't some fat little dog. I mean, a dog was in good shape. So there literally is no reason why these people should be in the middle of the area and dead. So they found them uh, because on Monday when the nanny reported to work to watch Mijo, she didn't find them. They weren't home. So they started to look, and they found him literally later on that day. When she got there, didn't see him, didn't see her, didn't see the baby. It was like something's up. Something strange is up. They got the Mariposa County Sheriff's. They dispatched SAR, search and rescue, search and rescue, found him later on that afternoon, and they, they found him in the positions described. So since then, they've done autopsies. They've done toxicology reports. And they've gone through like a set of theories here. So one of the original set of theories that they thought could have been responsible for this was a toxic algae bloom. So what happens is there's an acid, it's called DA, and it gets in these algae blooms. I think it's called domoic acid or dimoic acid, something along those lines. And it gets in these algae blooms in the Merced River, and you can see the algae blooms. They're like little green, you know, sets of algae up against rocks that, or in most of the low flow areas. Um, and they thought maybe it was a toxic algae bloom for, so they had floated that for about a week, week and a half. Um, they did the toxicology report. Lo and behold, uh, they, they did it on the Merced river. They found some toxic algae in it, but you know, not a heck of a lot. They did it in the water that they had on their, on their camelback uh, they didn't find it in that either, and they also didn't find it when they did the toxicology on the bodies themselves. So they were able to rule out toxic algae. Um, the next thing they were on to was maybe it was some kind of lightning strike. So when I heard this, I thought to myself, okay, lightning strike, what was the weather like? But the weather was completely clear that whole weekend. Now, that's not unusual, though, for that area to have maybe like a stray lightning bolt or whatever. But nowadays, modern meteorology records lightning strikes. They can see them and they had no recorded lightning strikes in that area. The weather was pretty good the whole weekend long. Um, And the other thing that goes on with lightning strikes is a lot of times you have what's called Lichtenberg marks. Yeah, and exactly. It's like the coolest tattoo ever, right? You get hit by lightning and you have like this lightning spreading tattoo on your body that makes the skin where it hits like a little bit darker red. 
So they were able to figure out that these people didn't have any of those marks on them. And since then, they've also ruled out lightning strike because of, you know, the, t- the autopsies they've done on the bodies. So they ruled that out. So we've got foul play ruled out. Um, we've got toxic algae ruled out. So it wasn't anything they drank. Uh, we've got. I think another popular uh, theory from early on was that there was a lot of mines in the area. And oh, they were worried about one, yeah. CO2 from the, from the mines. Yeah. And they so, got, they got with some mining experts and they said, no, no, basically yeah. they would have to be inside the mine for that to happen. And if it did happen, they wouldn't make it out. Yeah. And also heat exhaustion was another big theory, but I mean, they had water on them. Um, like you said, it was, it could have been at, at its highest 109, but those temperatures weren't out of the, out of the norm for that, that time area. of year. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was pretty much considered normal. Yeah. And, and are- you know, it wasn't like a humid heat. It was a, it was a dry heat <laughs> and they did have water on them, you know? Yeah. And these people were in excellent shape. Um, so probably well hydrated, I would think, because they know where they're going and they're experienced hikers. So they found his truck, then found his body, their bodies a little bit later, and they haven't been able to come up with anything at all. And this is super, super bizarre, um, for these well conditioned, uh, in shape people to be dead on this trail. And the way they're found is absolutely bizarre. Her being 7,500, 75 to a hundred yards away and crawling up a hill is almost like she was trying to get away from something. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what it feels like. Right. And that she had the cell phone. She, she may have noticed something like maybe he was, uh, feeling the oncoming of whatever was ailing them at the time. And she was, you know, running for help. Right. And whatever it did eventually took her, you know. And it's so odd, specifically about the dog, too. Yeah. Yeah. That the dog dies right in the position right next to them. I mean, it really is almost like they're poisoned. You know, it's it's yeah. really, really bizarre. And so a couple of things that the sheriff's department has done, too, is that they've they've they got that cell phone and they got permission to take a look at it forensically. So they're, they're doing that. They're trying to, but that was done like on the 24th of August. I mean, if there was anything going on, we would have heard about it by now. And then the other thing too was on August 25th, they, they petitioned to get like into their social media. So, um, they were able to get in and take a look at all their social media and see if maybe one of them was committed, you know, planning on committing suicide or, or something along those lines, something odd like that. But, um, it's, it's just really bizarre. Like it's one of those things that like, it's almost as if they were like caught in a portal or something. And I don't know. It's just, it's just an odd occurrence. The, the only other thing that I, I looked into this and I saw, and I thought was kind of interesting and somebody had brought it up. There is a uh, a lizard in California. It's called the California Newt. And if you look this thing up, it's almost all orange. Um, and it's notorious for, like, poisoning pets. There's been pets that have, like, gobbled this little guy up and they've died. Or they've gotten really, really sick. But all this stuff we're talking about, the toxic algae blooms, uh, the gas in the mines, and even lightning, which this was completely bizarre when I looked this up they're seldom ever fatal. Like people get yeah. sick 
you know, like older people certainly could succumb. People don't usually die from lightning. That I found that utterly bizarre when I looked into it. You know, you would think that that would be something that would, would kill most people, but it doesn't. Um, and also with the toxic algae blooms, usually you get incredibly sick, but you do make a recovery as long as you get to the hospital in a reasonable amount of time. Um, the only other thing I could think of is this California newt, because that is a little bit more deadlier. Um, and I was thinking maybe the dog had swallowed one up and then they had maybe like a like kissing session when they sat down with the dog. You know, like maybe the dog came over and, you know, gave them all a kiss and was licking, you know, because dogs love to lick the salt off your body. And maybe, you yeah. know, maybe they he spread it to them, but it, it would certainly be a long shot. But in doing some research on this area, and like I had said, I wanted to get in a little bit of, because um, I'm always looking to get into a, a little bit of a argument with Dave Politis, but looking into this, <laughs> <laughs> looking into this area itself, this Mariposa County, this Yosemite area, right? Um, there were a ton of people that go missing from this area. But last night I was doing some research online and I found out that there is a ton of corruption in this area. It's also an area that has a lot of illegal marijuana patches grown uh, in a lot of different areas. So I don't know, maybe they grabbed the bud and they smoked it and, and it, you know, had some kind of like insecticide on it or something like that. That could have happened, you know, but once again, they're saying now toxicology ruling all that good stuff out doesn't really yeah. seem to be a good cause of death, but this area Mariposa has been corrupt and has had some issues since the seventies. Um, there's a gentleman on there. There was a gentleman that was the sheriff back in the seventies and the eighties named Paul page. And the page is spelled P A I G E. If anybody has a chance to look this character up, there's even a video on YouTube from an old, 2020 uh episode on abc um where they interviewed this guy he's a piece of work um he was into everything uh there was uh cocaine getting delivered into the airstrip in mariposa where like the sheriffs were at each end of the runway making sure that nothing happened to the plane there's even allegations that they may have been ferrying it into la too so they might have been uh, part of the trafficking of cocaine in the seventies and the eighties. Uh, this guy, Paul page was, was unbelievably crooked and eventually was, was voted out. But you know, the stuff continued all the, all the shady shit that went on continued. There was even a deputy, um, who had went to a deputy by the name of van meter who had went up to see the state attorney general. Uh, and he took a trip up there. And then when he got back, uh, Paul Page found out about it and called him into his office. Uh, literally the next day, the guy disappeared, and they found his vehicle out by the lake, one of the lakes out there, and they started to dive to look for his body. And Paul Page would not let other diving crews into the area to help with the dive. They didn't wind really? up. Nope, they didn't wind up finding this guy until ten years later, and it's this deputy Van Meter. Um, fast forward till today, uh, which is a little bit more relevant. And the sheriff is a sheriff by the name of breeze, uh, Jeremy breeze. And there's a little bit of controversy about sheriff breeze too. Uh, and it goes more to 
not being corrupt in the way that, you know, Paige was, but being maybe a little bit more inept at his job and not, you know, doing a very good job um, detective-wise and coroner-wise there, which I think is interesting. There's a gentleman by the name of, and I sent you the article, uh, Ronnie Cole. So this was a kid that was killed there. And this is a current um, controversy that's going on in that area. The sheriff's department um, found his body in the river. Uh, The coroner pronounced that he, he drowned. He just, on a sunny day, you know, just drowned. Uh, even though he was an able-bodied teenager, he just drowned. Um, but there is a bunch of controversy and a podcast called the IPJ podcast uh, that's about the Ronnie Cole death and how most of the family believes that there was a individual involved with it and that he didn't drown and that he was killed. You're only as good capabilities of the police department that's investigating it, right? So yeah, yeah. maybe there's something to this where this guy, this particular department isn't capable of doing this level of investigation. But if it isn't... That's, that's what makes it so frustrating to, like, armchair detectives, too. Like, or people like us that are just, you know, trying to solve these things from the outside looking in. Right. You know, it's... It's very frustrating, man. It's like, very subjective. We don't, we, we're not privy to the information. I understand why police officers have to keep certain things under wraps, but like even in this most current, uh, like the Gabby Petito case, for instance, we don't even know the manner of death. No, know? we don't. And that's they're still looking for this guy because they want and, him to confess. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and they yeah, want to. They but, want to be able to. The way they, the reason they do this, and it, I, I mean, I have friends that are cops, and they tell me this. The reason we keep the manner of death so close to the vest is because number one, it's not going to help anybody find who originally killed them, and I, I disagree. Um, you know, I just disagree. I think it's it's relevant information. I think knowing how I, somebody I also, passed away, one hundred percent believe that. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's very relevant. And what they've told me is we keep that close to the vest because when we get in there, uh, we, we're trying to avoid false confessions because if we get somebody in and they say, yeah, I did it, we say, well, how did you do it? And if they describe a, a way that's not the way that that person passed, we know it's a false confession. I I don't know. I, You know, there's got to be a better way of calling out false confessions. And are people tripping over themselves? To say they killed Gabby Petito, you know what I mean? It's obviously Brian exactly. Laundry, right? So I, I don't understand why they hold that information back in cases. But, you know, we've got this department out there, the sheriff's department, that may not be up to snuff. And also a coroner who may not be up to snuff. So maybe that has something to do with it. But if it doesn't have anything to do with it, and we can let our paranormal minds run wild, I mean, yeah, definitely. We're we're going to. Well, be- I mean, just is most of our listeners, I'm sure they're already familiar with David Politis, but I'm sure that's where their head was going with this thing. I know mine definitely did when I first heard about it. Right. I didn't think about algae blooms. That's the last thing on my mind. Sure. Like you know what happened to these people? Well, we're we're doing this this show now. We're actually recording it before we put the show out, but we're actually doing a show on small, you know, fairy type creatures. And that kind of thing. And this has that written all over it. Oh, yeah. You know, some kind of wood fairies or something along those lines. And that 
Valley has a history and obviously has a little bit of a, a strange history with this Devil's Gulch name, right? Which is supposedly because of how treacherous the trail is. But who knows how these things get named, right? And that area itself is a hot spot for politis. But getting back to it being a hot spot for politis, maybe uh, a lot of these people that he's describing as, you know, missing, maybe some of them are pulled into this whole, you know, weird uh, cocaine drug, uh, you know, corruption tornado that is that area. You know, they definitely could be pulled into that. There's a lot of weird things that go on at Yosemite, though. If you remember that couple that was taking a picture on a uh, top of a rock, and I think they had walked up. They had gotten to that one. I forget what it's called. I think it's called the Dome, the one rock that you walk up to that kind of sits above that famous waterfall in Yosemite. And they were up there, and they were taking a selfie, and they fell off and got killed. There is a lot of weird things that go on in Yosemite. It's not all, you know, cops, crooked cops and corruption. But maybe some of those statistics can be explained by some of the stuff that goes on with the corruption and how brutal um, that area is with the drugs and, you know, the illegal growing, which I, you know, I can't even understand why anybody's concerned with that anymore with everything being legalized out there. But I guess there's always going to be a black market, right? So if anybody can illegally grow out there, you're growing from a seed, you can still sell pot. You can still make money. So there's tons of illegal plants growing on that trail in that area in secret spots. But, yeah, there's tons of things that run through my mind with this. Um, Maybe some kind of a a, a confrontation with alien beings, (laughs) some kind of fairy being, something along those lines. There's something, something really odd about this one. And now the FBI is involved. So we'll see where that takes us. Um, but then again, the FBI is not going to announce a lot of, about this unless they think it is not a homicide. You know, <coughs> I actually, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I don't think suicide would be a thing. Yeah, I in this case, I guess the the angle for the FBI on this is if maybe one of, you know, Mister Garish or his wife decided to off the rest of them. I guess that's the angle and that's why the FBI are involved at this point. But if it's just, you yeah, know, it could be like maybe some kind of, so again, this guy had, as far as work, maybe people, I know there's been some speculation that, about there about like, uh, yeah. Okay. So they were looking, they were thinking like possibly Silicon Valley type competition. Like maybe he had some trade secrets. Yeah, that, that's a legitimate um, thing. And, to, and right before we got on today, when I was talking to you a little bit earlier, um, I had told you too that you know they kind of moved into the area. It seems like one of those areas where there's a couple families that kind of call the shots at what goes on out there. Um, yeah, too specifically, right? Yeah, right. So like you run into those towns if you've lived in different little small places you'll run into a town you go in and like sort of kind of maybe one or two families like sort of kind of run it um it seems like that kind of area you have this couple um they're a good looking couple they're in good shape they come swooping in during the pandemic um and before you know it they've got seven eight properties that they own you know maybe they came in a little bit too strong and pissed some people off 
and there's some exotic poison that they were poisoned with, you know, maybe, maybe they yeah. rubbed some people the wrong way. So there's definitely ways to go on this investigation. Hopefully pulling up something on the phones or on the social media will, will kind of give some clues. So what, what do you think the chances are that it was maybe a homicide? I, your gut, what do you think? I don't think it was a natural homicide. No, I don't either. Yeah. I think I think we're going to find out that this coroner or the sheriff's department missed something huge. Um, now, if they don't, <laughs> and that's not the case, then this goes down as, as one of the all-time weirdies. Yeah, because, I mean, as of now, there's still no determination on, you know, what happened. And there's been, like, multiple test run on on this couple yeah not only that they sent out samples of the dog his flesh to yeah. several laboratories yeah. which you is know, odd. I, I don't know why they're keen why are they keen so much on the dog i don't know you know what and that's been unsettling to me there's been a lot of talk about that dog from the from the very beginning and that there was more testing being done on in the initial discovery on the dog rather than the people and I wasn't sure exactly why that was. I just kind of went went along with it, but it sounded like you know the dog was being sent off for testing. Um, we didn't hear too much about the actual people, like the yeah. the couple or the child being tested at all. It's just like all these initial toxicology reports were done on the animal. Yeah, and actually, and I, I don't think it's very strange to me. I don't believe that the the child's been tested at all. Something doesn't come up with that. If they didn't, if it's not an overt miss. If they didn't miss anything, um, this goes down as one of the all-time weirdies. You know, is it yeah. some kind of fairy creatures? Is it some kind of alien type thing, uh, you know, where some kind of UFO thing is involved? Um, you know, were they attacked by some other type of spirit or something along those lines? It's 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 a strange one, man. Exactly. Yeah, it really and is. Like you said, we have a, on another show we haven't even published yet. You know, we have we're talking about basically goblin type creatures, right? And you know, one of them, the puckwudgie, it was like notoriously luring these people out, right, to commit suicide. You know, right? And I don't know. There is just the fact that nothing can be determined about their death makes it very strange. Yeah, and it is one of those politest cluster areas. Yep. But I mean, I. I want to be as rational minded as possible when approaching this thing. Again, like one of my theories from the from the jump off that not a lot of people were talking about was, yeah, okay, they did have water, but like, where did that water come from? Um, right. I know I have I have a trail water purifier specifically for hiking, where you can use water from any source and purify it. Well, that thing is only good up to like, you know, ninety five percent of. Exactly. No. Yeah. Yeah. I've got what the pen. Saying. That's the only thing I have. Yeah. I, I have that little yeah, pen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I have a I have a water bottle that basically you just fill up. It also it has UV lights and a filter. And you know, the water I'm drinking up here in Alaska is pretty good anyway. Right. I'm just being probably extra cautious, but I mean, who knows about you know, the water in Yosemite? Who knows what that's going to be like, you know? Yeah. Especially true. if there is like if there's definitely been 
some toxic algae bloomed discovered out there. Like maybe that's was, you know, maybe there's more than just toxic algae out there. Who knows? Yeah, there could but be. It's just the fact that nothing could be pinned down about what happened to yeah. these people. That it's, it's so bizarre. Yeah, and these toxicologies coming back with nothing are just uh, exacerbating the whole weirdness angle of it. That's for sure. But if all yeah, these like toxicologies you said, you look back into that, yeah, if they come back, and you know all these labs keep coming back and saying no, I would imagine that they're pretty good at detecting that stuff. Then this is one for the books. This is one of the all-time weirdies for sure. It is. You know, have you ever uh, seen that movie Dreamcatcher? Oh, is that the? It's that's a, the Stephen King novel. Um, as a matter of fact, the yeah, guy who's yeah. in it is the redheaded guy from Homeland, right? I always forget his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Also, Band of Brothers, which is an awesome movie. Yeah, series. yeah. And it, yep, I know I know of the movie. Yep. But uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. There's something super creepy about the cover of that movie. And it's literally just a guy sitting Indian style on this trail. There's just some, something so spooky about this case, dude. Well, that valley itself has an Indian curse. People can go take a look at that, too. I, I kind of glanced over it. I didn't bring it for today but you can go look at that too and that would be odd right he's in an indian style position and there's an indian curse in the valley so but yeah, yeah we'll keep our eyes on that one see what goes on if that one doesn't get solved uh in a reasonable fashion it's one people like politis can definitely point to that's for sure yeah for sure for sure yep so moving on the other case we wanted to talk about today the watts family murders don't want to go over or get down into the details of what actually happened a little bit too much because it is very depressing. Uh, long story short, the gentleman, Chris Watts, not a gentleman, he's an animal, um, wind yeah. up. Yeah, that's giving too much credit there. Yeah, killing his wife and killing his two daughters. Uh, about the only thing he didn't kill was the dog. Basically, he had met a girl at work. He worked as an oil uh, well, you know, taking care of oil wells. And, um, you know, he and the wife weren't getting along. Uh, she was one of those women that lived her, almost all of her life on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, in the documentary on Netflix, um, my wife was watching it last night with me. And she goes, it's the first time I've seen this. And there's a scene in there where she dr- she gets him to dress up as Santa Claus. And he knocks on the front door. And he answers the door. And she starts berating him for not bringing his phone. And Tracy just said to me, "Does this woman would this woman just get off social media and just live her life? She would. She lived a lot through social media. She did a lot of live streams, uh, you know, and she did a lot of strange things. As a matter of fact, people have gone back through her live streams, and they've clipped out clips of them. You can go on YouTube and check it out. Some of the weirder and more awkward moments from her live streams. So the point is, she lived yeah, a lot I through mean, we- social media." Yeah, exactly. I think that's why it became a documentary in the first place. Yeah, they had all that material. There was tons of material. I mean, the crime her. was unspeakable, but there's so much they can use for, yeah. you know, material when they're editing these documentaries. But yeah, just when you live your life online like that, it was easy to piece together like their last moments. As as sad as it was, like yeah. it was, yeah. it was a super sad case. Yeah, I, that's you know? my only advice to people: get off social media, man, and live your life. You know, especially when you have young kids like that. Every moment is is precious with your kids. They don't need a phone in their face recording them opening up their Christmas presents. But anyway, he winds up meeting this girl, and he tells her that, yeah, I'm separated, and I have two daughters, uh, which was a lie. He was still living with Shanann. 
um, his wife. And then uh, she comes home from a conference. I'm yeah. trying to remember yeah. what day it was. I think it was on the night of the third. Yeah, it was the 13th of August, 2018. And um, she comes home from a conference with her best friend. Uh, she was one of those. She did one of those pyramid vitamin, vitamin scheme things. And she was going out to Arizona to do like a, uh, she ran an online vitamin business and she went out to Arizona to attend like a conference. She came back that night. We only have his story. He says he told her he was leaving her and she kind of freaked out and said, you're never going to see your kids. He winds up killing her and he winds up taking his two daughters. I don't even know how this animal did this. And he put them in an oil tank and, uh, one of the oil tanks that he took care of. I don't know why he thought that would get it rid of everything. I don't know how, you know, caustic, uh, oil is. Maybe it would dissolve the bones over time, but he took his two young daughters and basically tried to dissolve them in an oil tank. And, um, there's a lot of body cam footage and there's a lot of Facebook live footage and a lot of that stuff. So there's a ton of material on this case. So about three or four weeks ago, I started hearing about, hey, man, did you see the ghost on American Murder on Netflix? And I thought, okay, I'll go take a look at this. You know, want to see what it's all about. Want to see this ghost. So uh, what people are talking about is as they, he basically kills them and he's driving home. And the best friend who she came home with from, the conference is trying to get with her in the morning because she knows she has a doctor's appointment because she also suffered yeah, she's from got a, she's supposed to be at a gynecologist appointment. Yeah. There was a couple things going on. And also she, I think she suffered from another disease too. I'm trying to remember what disease was that she had lupus. So she had to, you know, she had to be monitored constantly and she was pregnant too. So that was, that was what was going on. Um, so the woman was texting her, Hey, you know, did you get to your appointment yet? Blah, blah, blah. I wasn't getting any answers. So she called the cops to do a welfare check over at the house because it was very unusual that the daughters weren't there. She wasn't there. So she missed her appointment, and now she's not answering the text. Exactly. So. Exactly. So the cops get there. This woman's telling them how she's like the best friend ever, this woman. I, I, her name was Atkinson, her last name. I'm trying to remember what her first name was. But anyway. Yeah, um, super, super key in this case. Yeah. She's like the best friend ever. These are the kind of friends you want, Okay. Go out and get this friend because this is the kind of person you want in your life. But um, she basically was trying to get the cops to get in there and do a welfare check on her. And so we have the body cam footage from that officer. As they're waiting there to try to figure out how to get in the house, they are calling her mother and father who live on the other side of the country in North Carolina, trying to get the code because they have a key code to get into the house. Just as they're doing that, he pulls up comes bouncing out of the car. And this is literally like minutes after he killed his entire family. And he comes out of the you know car bouncing around like, Hey bro, how you doing? You know, like, like nothing is going on. So we have this video. So they go into the house and they're kind of searching around and he's telling the cops, yeah, I got, you know, I, I, I had to run to work this morning, but you know, she left and I don't know where she is. And, you know, I have no idea. She didn't tell me. I thought she was at the doctor, blah, blah, blah. And he's, he's just lying about everything. Um, yeah. And they are running around the house trying to investigate and look and see, you know, if there's any, you know, scene of a crime or anything along those lines. As they're doing this, they're upstairs. And he actually had her phone was still in the house. So her phone was sitting like upstairs in the hallway. 
And her friend points that out, Miss Atkinson. She points that out and says, here's her phone. And he runs over and says, oh, yeah, here's her phone. So as they're standing here in the hallway, if you look to the left, you'll see a little girl is in the little girl's bedroom. And her back is turned. She has a red shirt on. She has uh, cut-off jeans. And you kind of see maybe like one-third of her body from behind. And she's on the right-hand side of the screen. Um, Make a long story short, that's what everybody was talking about and pointing to. This is the ghost that's in American Murder. But it's very easy. If you watch the show a little bit longer, you'll see a little bit later on that Mrs. Atkinson has a daughter that age who she brought with her because there's a scene where she's crying, the little daughter, and she has her up in her hands and they're talking to her and she has the red shirt on. You can say so it's definitely the Atkinson woman's daughter. But in that video, at another point, if you look on the left hand side, you'll see a shadow pop out in that bedroom. It's kind of strange. It kind of pops out from the left and then pops back in. Now it could be the aperture on the camera opening and closing, but it's definitely something to look out for if you're going to go take a look at it. It's on Netflix. It's called American Murder. So that was what everybody was kind of, you know, talking about it, you know, as to all the paranormal aspects of the, the, you know, video or the show itself. But there's other things that went on. For example, the next day, um, before he confesses, because he literally lasts three days. Um, and on the third day, they get him to confess. They actually get him to confess on the 15th. So on the 14th, they go in to do a canine search. And they go into the house, uh, these two women that have these canines, and they're leading these canines. And they go upstairs, and they go into what is looks like Shanann's closet, because I think it says Shanann there, and it has all her high heels um in the closet itself. Yeah, it was definitely an adult closet. Like, it wasn't one of the girls' closets. No. And as she goes to walk in, you hear this giggle. And I'll play that for you. Yes. So there's the giggle, um, and you can hear that. Uh, but you have some information on that. You were watching a YouTube video, and I think that was debunked. Yeah, I th- I feel like they debunked that just just like the way they debunked the uh, that third of the girl to end up being the neighbor's daughter. Right, right. But uh, it, somebody else had a doll that made the exact same giggle, and when you put them side by side, it's it's uh, it's no doubt the exact same giggle. Pretty spot so, on. Probably what you have happening is like just like any other household, you probably got those little girls playing in their mom's closet, maybe trying on heels or whatever. Like you know, any normal little girl would. And they do. dropped the doll. Yeah, toted a doll in there and then dropped it, and then you know that's where that giggle came from. It was still super strange though. But yeah. it, at this point, neither one of these two things had been debunked yet. So what you have now is a lot of people, you know, looking through more of the footage for paranormal stuff. Right. And things absolutely happen. Like that shadow figure, you can't explain that. Yeah, it's weird. There's also the the initial search where, uh, now this isn't 
this isn't the canine search, but there, this is the initial police body cam footage where, you know, you have a guy that he, it looks like in the kitchen area, you get to a point where you have one officer searching the kitchen, which is dark, by the way. Right. They're only in there with flashlights. It's already kind of spooky looking. But there is, when you have a flashlight aimed into a room and a shadow crosses it, that should be impossible. Yes. Uh, you, you shouldn't have, there's, you know, that's the, it's the opposite of what a flashlight would do. You, there should be no way a shadow can cross in front of light. And that seems to happen in this footage, which is super strange. And you can even see, like, the officer was kind of shook. Like, you see him step back. He doesn't say anything to his buddies because he's probably not sure exactly what the hell he just saw. Right. But it was spooky to me, and I'm sure it was spooky to him because we're looking at his camp footage. Right. And you can tell that he's taken back by the whole thing. Yeah, there's another thing, too, that goes on that I, I forgot to mention. It, it actually happens on the 13th when he comes bouncing home and he's letting everybody into the house um, and they first walk in. Uh, actually, what happens is one of the neighbors, the actual neighbor next door, comes out and says, hey, you know, I've got a CCTV camera pointed at his house. And this is actually how they they caught him. Um, yeah, it was a guy with a ring. or I, Well, I don't know if it was a ring footage, but it was definitely – it was Camera sort of kind of like that. House. Yeah, and he had it focused on his cars parked in his driveway because he was having some problems with people coming up in his driveway and stealing stuff out of his work truck. So he had it pointed, and it catches the front of uh, their garage and also the pathway up to their front door, which will come into play a little bit later, too, in a different video. But this is how they catch this guy. They go over, and they start talking to him. Um, so the, the initial officer takes Chris over there, and this guy says, hey, I have video of him. I can tell you when he left this morning. And you see him back his car up into the garage. He doesn't know that the camera's there. They would have had him dead to rights. But he decided to bar, you know, take this truck and put it all the way so that maybe like two or three foot of the bed was into the garage. Um, I guess what he was thinking was, all right, you know, I – Maybe there was some stuff that was in the way and he couldn't get it all the way in. He was too lazy to bring it all the way in. But, you know, he, I figured he, I think he figured, let me get two or three feet in here so I can get this body out and I can get the kids into the car. Cause he actually kills the kids at the scene, uh, later yeah. on. He smothers the both of them. Where so they the were kids, dumped. the kids had to take a ride with their mother's dead body. It was unbelievable. But so this guy calls him over, cops go over and this is amazing. There's, there's the video. They have him backing up. You can actually see him carrying something out in a sheet and he's puts his hands on top of his head in the guiltiest motion you'd ever want to see. And he's, he knows he's caught. He knows that's me. And that's me taking my dead wife's body out of the house as he's doing that. And as he goes to put his hands up and, and the, I think the cop says, to him, well, can you rewind it one more time and let me look at it? When they go to rewind it, your regular TV comes back on because it's a different input, because they're looking at this at his pla on his plasma TV in the living room. Yeah, it's it's a camera of, it's you're looking at footage of footage on another television. Exactly. So when he goes to do this, it clicks back to the regular cable and, that they were watching that morning, and the, the, the thing that's on the screen is a baby in a womb. And as I said, his wife was pregnant. They were She was actually having a boy. And yeah. he's got his hands on his head. He's not looking at the screen, but there's a baby in a womb. And then the next thing that pops up 
and I can't imagine what these commercials are for because nothing pops up to say what they're for. But you see a baby in a womb, and then there's another commercial that pops up immediately after that. And in that commercial, there's a skull. I kid you not, a skull, and it has hot oil pouring out of its eyes and ears and, and mouth. That's literally what is on the screen. Yeah, it's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. Right. And he, you know, had dumped these girls in this oil tank. So that's another... Yeah. Strange coincidence, Not, occurrence, foreshadowing, whatever it, that it, happens at this time. And that's on the 13th. It, yeah, at this point in the timeline, he's still, you know, act, he's putting on an act like he's concerned about where his family is. But he knows, like, now I ain't no detective, but, I mean, just looking at his body language, it's easy to tell that, you know, that he did it. Yeah, he's got his hands up on his you head know? like, oh, shit, I'm caught. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it, I mean, it's he's his body's basically saying he's guilty. But just, you know, while he, he's reacting to the footage of him, you can see all this other stuff on the television when the guy's switching back to the inputs. Exactly. And it's so bizarre, man. It's almost like what they're it kind trying, of reminds Almost me like of. They're, somebody from beyond is trying to tell the story. Yeah, right? exactly. It's almost like a spirit box situation just via television instead of a radio. Right. You know? It's, it's you got images coming across instead of just random strings of words telling it, you know, you know, communicating from beyond. You have images. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've never seen those commercials don't say, you know, what happened. Yeah. I've never, I've never seen those commercials. I don't live in Colorado. This is, you know, this was all in Colorado. Maybe they're local Colorado commercials. I've never seen anything like them. It was just bizarre. Just really bizarre. Yeah, it really was. So now we go forward to probably the creepiest part of all this for me personally. He confesses on the 15th. Initially he tells his father, yeah, she was hurting the kids. So I killed her. Uh, that's his story. That's what he tells his dad because they bring his dad into the room to get him to confess. And all this is on the documentary. It's very, very well done documentary. So he confesses on the 15th. Uh, that's the 15th of August on September 22nd. In the middle of the night, there's some people in the neighborhood who start reporting seeing a dark SUV driving around the neighborhood. So there's like some initial calls, hey, there's this weird dark SUV driving around the neighborhood. The house itself had an alarm system. And after Chris went into custody, the house was empty. What they did was they gave the app that had the a home security system on it, it went to her parents. So her parents had this app downloaded it so they would know if anybody went into the house. They would be able to keep a record of it. So they're in North Carolina, and they get a hit that somebody has gone into the house. So they call the guy who had the CCTV footage of him loading up the body in the car because at this time, you know, they had probably went over and thanked him profusely for, you know, having this key piece of evidence. So they call him and they say, Hey, you know, we've just gotten a hit here in North Carolina on this burglar alarm. Can you please look at your video and see if you see anybody going through the front door? Now, once again, you can't see the front door, but you can see the pathway up to the porch. There's virtually no way to get into this house without walking straight up this pathway. You could kind of go along the side of the house. You would have to climb a fence and then hop the end of the porch, but that would be really tough to do. 
Um, why wouldn't you just break into the back of it? But they literally get a message that the front door has been opened. Someone's accessed the front door. Um, he looks on his video and he sees a woman that resembles Shanann in every way. Same height, uh, same size, um, you know, looks the same, looks a little bit pregnant, has long, long, dark uh, hair, the whole nine yards. He sees this woman walk up the pathway and into up to the porch. So he lets them know. And he doesn't say it looks like Shanann, but he says, hey, you know, this dark haired woman is walking up to the porch. Now, that video you can't see. It's never been released. Okay. I would assume that the police have that, but. They have never released that one, although they've released every other piece of video. They've never released that. Yeah. And this is on. It's so- not. It's, yeah. Cause it's not associated with the crime. It's, this is post. This right. is after they already got Chris. Right. Now that's on September you know? 22nd. So they call the cops and they tell them somebody is obviously in the house. It's a dark haired woman. And you know, she looks, I guess they describe her almost like looking like Shanann. So the cops respond and they come out. And when they get there, the interior lights in the garages are on. So the outside lights were always on and illuminated because, you know, you just want to illuminate your outside lights so you can see if anybody's creeping around the house. They were on. But now the interior lights in the garage are on for whatever reason. So they see this, and they're freaked out. And I've seen a lot of body cam footage, um, even the movie Body Cam. That is an actual horror movie, which is an excellent movie. I think these guys were more freaked out than they were in the movie body cam. I mean, these guys you can tell are really on edge. They don't know what they're walking into. So they, they go up onto the porch and you know, it's a keypad. You have to have the code to get in this house without breaking through a door, breaking through a window. So that narrows it down, right? There's not many people out there with the key code. So they get the key code. Parents give them the key code and they get in and they walk in. Um, and they're all on edge and you can hear it in their voice. They're essentially yelling at like an empty house, right? They're just screaming, identify yourself, Frederick police, you know, the whole nine yards, they're getting really scared. There's probably about a half a dozen of them that respond. A couple of them go down the hallway and they go into the garage. And by the time they get to the garage, the lights are back off. Yeah. So the lights are off now. What's confusing about this house a little bit is there are some areas of the house that have automatic lights. So you walk in and the lights respond to body heat or whatever or movement and they go on. It trips them to come on. So it's unclear whether that was the case with the lights that are in the garage or not. But you go a little bit further along into the video and the guys go upstairs to search. So it's one of those houses where off to the left is a staircase. And if you look up that staircase, you can basically see like the little gathering area for the second floor. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a squared off area. And then every door for every other room upstairs comes to that area. Right. So you have that whole little area right there. Um, so the guys are up there. You can see three of them, but you know, four went up. So you're looking at the three and off to the, on the left, the guy that's on the left, the cop on the left that has his his flashlight going, and at that point they had put the light on up there. He's working his way into a bedroom on the left-hand side, and you see a figure come out from behind him over across at a a, a 
bedroom that would be to his right, okay? And you see this figure clearly come out about probably like, again, a third of the body. And like, and it's a shadow figure. You can see it come out. Um, yeah, it's, it's very like it's – there's no doubt like that you're looking at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's blatantly there. Yeah, now here's the weird thing about it, okay? I thought, all right, well, there were four of them up there. So you're going to see this cop pop out of that other bedroom, and that'll explain the four because you can see three bodies in your frame. But that's not what happens. The actual fourth cop pops out on the right-hand side. None of these guys see it, but it's on the body cam. Or at least if they see it, it they're not recognizing that they, you know, they're not acknowledging that they see it. Although, if you go a little bit further in the video, I'm wondering a little bit about that because the video goes on and the gentleman that is in the hallway downstairs that's guarding the downstairs he mm-hmm. moves a little yeah. bit forward and he's looking into the dining room and he's shining the flashlight and this is the part that you're talking about yep that you spoke about earlier where you clearly see a shadow move across and yeah like crosses it's like a it's a separate room but it moves from right to left yeah i mean from left to right yeah and he reacts so yeah he, he kind of recoils a little bit Exactly. And he doesn't say anything because it's not a person. <laughs> or at least, I, you know, I can't get in his head, but I would imagine that that's why he recoiled a little bit. Because he's looking and he's like, you know, this. Uh, for sure. Yeah. And then you can see him stay back, like, after he recoils. He's still trying to make sense of what, what he just saw. You can see him lingering in the area and then, like, basically saying, like, hell no. Right. And then moving, moving along. Cause, right. Because, you know. And then off, that's what I would do. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't tell my partners. They tease me forever. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that that area that he's looking into, the dining room, the kitchen is off to the right hand side there. So as he's standing there on the right hand side, and there's no cops in this area, on the right hand side you see this sliver of light, and it looks like it's a reflection off the refrigerator, or something along those lines. And people have pointed that out in some videos, too, and said that that, you know, must have a paranormal origin. Now, here's the interesting thing about that. I went back and I watched the show again last night. And off to the right of the refrigerator, as you're facing it, they had a pantry that had a regular, you know, wooden five-panel door. And if you opened it up, as soon as you opened it up, the light went on. Didn't seem like it was motion activated, but you don't know. It could be pointed at the door for the motion, you know. So I think that that's probably what that was. But once again, you know, is the motion detector in a position where it could maybe see his light and kick it on? Or, you know, is this also maybe something in the pantry? You know, so I'm on the fence about that one. But that video is the creepiest video I think I've ever seen yeah. body camera wise. Yeah, it really is, man. And I don't know. I, I, I fully expect the more that these cams are used, the more of the paranormal stuff. stuff you're going to see from law enforcement. Yeah. yeah. They're responding to the actual scene. Sometimes moments, you know, minutes, if not, you know, in this case days right after, you know, a terrible tragedy, you know, that's still a hot spot. 
for a lot of activity. You, you still have a lot of motion and right. just general chaos, you know, in certain locations. And these are the guys that you're going to, that are legally allowed to be at these scenes. And right. I, I honestly believe that over time, there's definitely going to be more strange things. That's a good on, point. On these, uh, That's a good point. Man. There has not been a lot of video from, from areas where there's been murders immediately after where, where the murders have occurred. If, if they're indoors, that's a really good point you bring up. You know, that's a new thing now with these body cams. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, recently I was talking to somebody who uh, mentioned this to me. And once again, this is like a synchro, right? I heard this three times in one week. And I don't have very many Jewish friends, but I have some Jewish friends. And one of the Jewish friends that I was talking to told me that, well, you know, Mike, what we believe is that um, the soul stays in the area where like a where it dies for 11 months it has to it has to stay there for 11 months and it has to make peace with you know what's going on with it so they literally said that you know they believe that the soul has to stay in that area for 11 months and i literally heard it two days later from another source and then i actually watched a movie it was a documentary about this um jewish mother in new jersey by the way who winds up, you know, dying and these kids, her grandkids make a documentary about her and their funeral director tells them, well, listen, you still have time because you can make peace with her because she's still in the area. She'll be around for 11 months. So it must be some type of belief in their religion that they think that the soul hangs around near the place that it, it passed for 11 months. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna have to look into that. Yeah, I I thought it was really right. interesting, That's especially I've never heard before. Yeah, especially when we're talking about that video. I just thought that that was really interesting. You know, maybe she stopped back at the house to just do whatever she had to do uh, to make peace with it. You know, it's funny too. Uh, you also have well, for one thing, it's it's very strange that there's there's been other reports of some strange things happening in that house. Yeah, you afterwards. were going to tell me you were going to tell me about something you saw on on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, that's not necessarily that's not at the house specifically, but the house itself was was valued for like six hundred k, and they can't get anybody to move in. It's been you know it was twenty eighteen. Um, it's a five bedroom house in a nice neighborhood, and I understand there's things associated with it, but they've dropped that price down to almost you know half of what it is valued at, and nobody's still buying it. And you know, because there's still these reports of strange things happening in the house. Yeah, not like there's been a couple of videos of people taking pictures of stuff from the outside, but it's just amateur ghost hunters that don't know what they're looking at. It's just pyridolia. Yeah, like, you know, orbs is probably just dust. Yeah, it's pyridolia. Yeah. It's the way the curtains are laying or something along those lines. But what's interesting about the house is the reason they can't move the house. It's actually uh, there's a very good reason why they can't move that house. There, there's actually a lien against that house because there's also a civil suit against Chris and this wrongful death. Yeah. And it was filed by the family. So he can't sell the house because they have a lien on it for $6 million and the house isn't worth $6 million. So they may very well have to wind up knocking it down and rebuild it on that site. They might have to sell it as a lot. It's going to be wild. Crazy, right? But yeah, you know, just I can see right now that neighborhood. Because if it if it doesn't sell, it's just going to become dilapidated over time. It's going to be that one house that we have in every neighborhood. <laughs> Not know? everybody says it's the haunted it's, house. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, even if they knock it down and build a new one, it's there's going to be things associated with the site, and then you know you're going to have folklore and urban legends surrounding it oh, on God, top yeah. of the actual truth, and you're going to have like Tulpa situations. It's, you know, it's it's going to the well, strangeness awesome. there is going to be perpetuated for sure. Yeah, not to mention it's in Colorado, which you know, yeah. I mean, there's some states we talked about moving out west and. Tracy was talking to me. She's like, what about Colorado? I'm like, no way. I don't know if you noticed, but there's a lot of strange shit that goes on in Colorado. No offense to people in Colorado, but there's just, I don't know if it's like the reason you hear the Florida man stuff is because there's literally a law that says that they have to, you know, detail every little thing that happens. That's why you get these Florida man stories, you know, because everything has to be reported, um, and divulged by police departments. Um, down to the letter. I don't know if that's the case in Colorado, but it just seems like there's a lot of strange stuff that goes on out in Colorado. Yeah, for sure. And it predates legalization of marijuana, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Good point. Um, but yeah, going back to that, what I've seen on YouTube, there's a, there's a channel that hang on a second. Can never remember if it's called gold rush paranormal or paranormal gold rush. Okay. It's called gold rush paranormal. Okay. And uh, the guy's got like over 250,000 subscribers. So it's a pretty popular channel, but it's new to me. I guess he uh, initially gained popularity over the Alyssa Lamb case. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, that's the girlfriend, the uh, Cecil Hotel elevator. The old Cecil. Yep. Also, it's one of my favorite cases, but that's not what we're talking about. But the guy uh, did a lot of work with that case. And what he does basically is uh, he doesn't go to location, but what he does is set up like a remote seance, basically like a one man seance. And he does the uh, he does a session with the spirit box. Then he does some EVP stuff with a recorder, and then he does something with a piece of equipment that I'm not too familiar with called the Infinity Portal. And uh, man, just watching this stuff. I'm, I'm telling you, it's uh, it's really strange. Again, I don't know how valid that is. I don't, I don't know the specs behind that piece of equipment, but man, it is spooky. And yeah, yeah. Talk about like, you know, intelligent responses. Absolutely. Like, golly, like I've never heard something like that. Yeah, and you know what the mother was saying? Actually, that brief period of time when the kids were missing and she was missing and nobody knew where they were, the mother was saying that they were reaching out to her in her sleep and in her dreams. You know, too. So that's another aspect to it, and I don't think she was really a, a believer in the paranormal. Um, so she came up with that. And you know what? Too, there were, I didn't talk about this, but on that body cam footage, a lot of the initial body cam footage from like the 14th and the 15th and the 16th, there's a ton of EVPs. So let me cut a few of those in right here. Oh, that's very 
Yeah, so there's some pretty clear EVPs there. Yeah, so so even though a few things in this specific case have been ruled out and debunked, there's a lot you can't discount necessarily. So no, and you I, can't I, discount these shadow figures and the police reaction to you know some of the things they've seen. Yeah, and, and I, you can't I, discount you know all this footage and EVP stuff in general. No, it's, and I it's, think it's a lot. I think your point is an excellent point. I think it's the point of the show, like. With these body cams, we're going to get more and more and more and more of this stuff, especially on the highly publicized cases. Yeah, and I could see the police being slightly reluctant to release that stuff, but yeah, you gotta wonder. I'm, I'm sure there's so much stuff that we don't even know about that never made it to public, specifically because there may have been some paranormal caught. Yeah, the, I but I love time on these high visibility cases. It's just going to leak out, and the audience is going to be up to the yeah. audience and us to keep a keen eye, even if we're not even watching paranormal stuff. If you're watching a true crime documentary, uh, again, just to bring it up again, this uh, this Gabby Petito case is for high visibility. Lots of social media stuff. The, the more we start looking into this, I wouldn't be surprised that there's some paranormal aspects to it when it, after the case is solved and we start reviewing stuff. But hopefully we just catch her. We catch her boyfriend. Yes, right absolutely. Now. Some of my favorite paranormal stories and, and stuff are, are from emergency responders. And even one of my yeah, one of my sure. favorite books is a book. I can't remember the author, but it's um, Trucker Ghost Stories. <laughs> I'm telling you what, man, there's probably like a hundred stories in there. Um, <laughs> and it'll curl your toes, that that thing. Is there's, it like Large Marge? Oh, it's funny, right? Like, there's nothing in there that directly goes large marge, but there's a lot of stuff that kicks around it. And there probably are about four or five stories from Australia of, like, just getting run off the road by UFOs. I mean, it's oh, crazy. You know it's what? a great I, book. I didn't know that was a book, but I'd love to check it out. Like, Oh, you'll love it. I know it. back when, when I first started really listening to, like, Paranormal Radio is back when uh, Art Bell was still doing Coast to Coast. And those were my favorite stories, man. Like, when he'd have guys calling and they were either a first responders like police and uh emts firefighters and very specifically truck drivers they had the best stories yeah you know the ones that never leak out the ones from the military and i'm sure there were a ton of stories from the military yeah well i know i've leaked <sighs> you some of mine <laughs> yeah you you constantly hold out on us <laughs> yeah you know i'm gonna have to fill you in one day on some of the weirder <laughs> stuff I know there's but there's a lot. My son had a lot of stuff going on when he was over in Fallujah. He told me straight up. He came home. He he was he went uh, there a skeptic, and after two tours, he came home a believer. Yeah, 